Open up your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 13. We're going to read these scriptures, and then we're going to dive in. Okay, John 13. This is the word of God. Verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. John chapter 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, and what is that commandment? We'll see in just a second. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that you may, that, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Verse 12, this is my commandment. This is what he commands us. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Flip over to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. We're going to begin in reading verse 1. 1 John chapter 3. Verse one, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Verse 11 of chapter three, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Verse 16, by this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Verse 23 of that same chapter, the word of God says, and this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. First John 4, 7 through 12, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his son, his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that God has loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And last text of the day, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. We will continue reading this this whole summer. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. 
Let us pray together. Father, I ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word today in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. From these texts last week, we asked the question, what does loving one another look like? And here were our conclusions. Number one, we said, looks like an apron in the way that we serve one another as we saw Christ serve his disciples by washing their feet. Secondly, we saw that loving one another looks like a cross. And we look to the ultimate picture of what loving one another looks like with Jesus laying down his life for, for ungrateful sinners. And we ask the question, what does it look like for us to lay down our lives for each other? Loving one another, we said, also looked like a family. As a loved, adopted son of God, I I, I share the same father with anyone in this room who believes in Jesus. We sit at the same table. We are a family called to honor, care for, and love each other. What does loving one another look like? It looks like a mirror. If you remember last week, we, we said, as we love one another, we reflect the love of God to each other. We uh, image him to those who see the way that we love one another. And lastly, we we said love in one another looks like a, uh, a glimpse. It looks like a glimpse. As we love one another, we have, we give a glimpse of heaven here on earth. Uh, The church of all places should be a place where the kingdom of heaven has the ability and the power in Jesus' name to come on earth. That's what loving one another looks like. This week, same text, same everything. Now we want to ask this question. And you can go ahead and pull out your worship guides. What happens when we as a church, when we as Alberta Baptist Church, what happens when we are set apart by the way that we love one another? What, what does that love do? What does that love do? That's our question. What happens when the culture here, when it just becomes the default mode to love one another, what happens? What happens? When we are set apart by the way we love one another. So grab your outlines and seriously get ready. Okay, here we go. Number one, I want you to see that what will happen is we will experience joy. We will experience joy. I mean that as you as an individual, and I mean that as uh, us as a church body. The way I want us to break this down, though, is in, is in two areas. The first is this. We've got to start here. It's, our, it's the beginning of love. It's this. It's the joy of being loved by God. My, my question to you would be, do you know? And I need to, actually, everybody, just look at me. Look at me. Do you know? that God loves you? Do you know that God loves you? Do you believe that God loves you? Do you feel that God loves you? Do you have the joy of knowing that you're loved by God? I want to ask two questions that I think can help us in this. And they're, they're very similar. The first one is this, it's just from scripture. How can we know that God loves us. 
And not just that we say it, not that it's just something that you've heard growing up, you know, God loves you, God is love. But no, how can we, by the word of God, know that we're loved? How can we know it? Second way of asking it would be this. How can we know that God is for us? How can we know that God is for us? I want to point you to the only place I can go here. There's actually, there's two, but the only place I can go first, and it's the cross. It's the cross of Christ. If you will, look with me back in the text. We've already read 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. The word of God says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us. Like, this is the way that God showed us what love is. What does he say? That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Man, do you know that you're loved by God? You say, well, how can I know that? How can I know I'm loved? The cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is how we see. And listen, to the extent you are able to grasp Christ dying in your place will be the extent that you understand and grasp the love of God for you. So today, if you are just ridden with guilt and you're ridden with shame, you're not understanding and believing rightly today. God loves you. How can I say that? Because Christ died in your place. If you are his, he died in your place. We'll read a a couple of other scriptures for you. Ephesians chapter two. And I want you to hear the word of God today. These are scriptures that that are are normal to be read, but but I want you to hear it fresh today. Listen. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the, sons of, in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy. And listen, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that word? That God loves you. He loves you. He loves me. And we see this on the cross as Jesus dies in the place of sinful humanity. I see this when I see him die in the place for sinful me. He died in my place. I'm gonna read one more more place for you. Romans chapter five. For while we were still weak, While we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. That's the word of our God. That's the word of our God. We know that we're loved as we see the cross. And I wanna speak really quickly. This seems like a a side note, a rabbit being chased. It's not, it's not, okay? I want you to know the difference in the gospel and moralism. I want you to know the difference in the gospel of Jesus and trying to be moral. Because all of you would probably say, well, we know the difference. But yet your lives and the fruit that comes from your lives may not show, uh, may not show that. So I wanna make sure today that you can't walk out of this room and say the gospel of Jesus is that I need to be good when I used to be bad. You know why? Because that's not the gospel. The gospel is not that you used to be bad or you are bad and now in Christ you can be good. The gospel is you were dead and now you are alive. You were blind and now you see. You were naked and now you're clothed. You were poor and now you're rich. You were in need of everything and Christ gives it to you as an inheritance. You were under wrath, now you are living in grace. You were an enemy, now you're a son at his table. You were a slave to sin, but now you are by his grace, free in Christ Jesus. You're forgiven, you're accepted, you're loved. Do you know how much better that is than I used to be bad and now I'm good? All that does is destroy your ability to connect with the world because you will only look down on them for being unlike you. And the gospel message says that all of us, every single one of us are on the same playing field. None of you have a platform. We are all on level ground. We are all at one table. We are all just as depraved as the person next to you. And we are in Christ Jesus just as loved as the brother or sister in Christ around you. That's the gospel. The gospel of Jesus understood will have us screaming, we are loved by God and there will be joy born in our hearts because of it. I want you to see not only the cross teaches us that we're loved by God, but who we are in him, our adoption. God's my father. He is my father. He loves me. He cares for me. He knows how to give good gifts to me. He gave me his son. Now he gives me his spirit. He loves me. He cares for me. God is our father. We're adopted sons into his family. We're part of the family of God. And yes, girls, you're a son too because you're a firstborn child with Christ. And I'm a bride, okay? Let's get that. So look, first, the joy of being loved by God, but secondly, and it just flows perfectly from being loved by God, it's it's the joy that comes that we experience God's love through God's people. The experience 
the joy of experiencing God's love through his people. I, I want to make a, a very clear statement here. You will never experience the joy that God desires for you outside of community with his people. You will never experience the joy that he has for you, that he desires for you, the joy that you can have if you're disconnected from the church. It's not possible. It is not possible. I want you to know I had one of the most encouraging weeks I've had in a long time. I, I was, uh, you know how, look, I'll just be honest with you. I've missed youth ministry. It's okay to say I've missed youth ministry. And so about six months ago, I started just really, you know, just trying to figure out how can I get in the lives of, of some youth? How can I be around them more? And began to talk to Catherine about it a little bit. And, and one of the first things that she said was she said, well, you need to go to summer camp this year. And so we, you know, I don't know how long ago it was, a couple months ago, I called Jared and said, hey, I, I want to go to summer camp and I want to take Lucy with me. Okay, so I took my six-year-old with me to camp. And so we, we went to Myrtle Beach this past Monday, and it was a student life camp. It was, it was wonderful. The way student life camp works is during the mornings and at night, you have, you know, some of the best quality, if you will, preaching, music, worship, just time together that's imaginable. Okay, like Matt Chandler was our camp pastor this week. You know, so like it wasn't a question of, oh, I wonder if the teaching is going to be clear and good. Yeah, it was. Okay, so I knew, I knew that going. But the way that student life works, it's not like a camp, like you, like you think of camp. It, it's like a beach trip uh, with a worship service in the morning and a worship service at night. Then you just have free time all during the day to go to the beach and, and hang out. And so what that can mean and what it, I have seen before is a, a time where, yeah, it's great when we're together and, and we're under the teaching of God's word. And then we go back to the beach and, you know, everybody kind of clicks up and does their thing and people get their feelings hurt and people aren't in the right room and they're not able, you know, and it, and it just kind of turns in to instead of feeling like community, it, it just feels like a picture of sin, honestly, like we don't want to be with each other. We just want to be with God. You know, that kind of thing like that. Like that doesn't work. And, and I've seen that, you know, throughout the years, I've seen it over and over again. And I just want you to know, I didn't see that this week. It, it was, it was one of the sweetest times of fellowship I've ever experienced. And, and I'm talking about period. I loved it. I mean, I have my sweet little girl there. So she's six years old. She's trying to feel her way around, you know, what life's about and, and, and how to worship God and how to be a part of the church and how to, you know, she's just feeling her way through, through life. And, and so I, I watched her, you know, as we're sitting there and I, I watched her, you know, listen to teaching. I watched her as, as she saw people pray together. I watched her as, uh, you know, all these different things took place and, and just her trying to fill out, you know, do I put my hands up right now? Do I put my hands down? Do I do, you know, she's just trying to figure out what life's about and how to worship God and how to be a part of his people. But I want to tell you what was so sweet to me. The whole week, that group loved my kid. They loved her. They loved her. And I'm, I'm not talking about like they thought she was cute or they thought she was funny. I'm talking about they literally, they care for her. 
They care for uh, Rebecca Seal. I, I watched Rebecca Seal one night. She just, you know, Lucy was sitting by and Rebecca just scratched her back. You know, she was just sitting there scratching her back, loving on her, caring for her, uh, going anywhere that Lucy wanted to go. You know, I'm sure there were other things Rebecca wanted to do, but, but she spent time with my child, Anna Hocutt. Uh, she just loved Lucy. She played in the ocean with her, took her to the pool. She, you know, they're, they're just kind to my kids. They were kind to me and they were kind to one another. And I watched them the whole week really embody the message that I'm preaching today. I saw Judy Seal and Dewana Turner, Kelly Savage, uh, certainly Jared and Kimber and Cindy. I mean, just the, the adult leaders, how they loved on the kids and how they loved each other so well. And it was just an encouragement, encouragement to my life. One of the sweetest moments we had the whole time was on Thursday night, we were down at the beach and uh, it was, you know, all the kids were in a circle and, and Jared who, by the way, is doing a phenomenal job leading our students. I'm so proud of him. Uh, but, but Jared, he, he got us in a circle, and, and he, he wants us to take some time and just speak into the lives of one another. You know, you never know how that's going to go. That can be like a complete train wreck early. It can be crickets chirping. You know, you didn't know crickets were at the beach until you're in that moment. Uh, you know, it, it can just be awkward. It, it was nothing short of amazing. About hour or so of just people speaking in to each other's lives. And I don't mean in corny ways. I mean in like real, you have helped me see Christ ways. You have shown me love when other people didn't show me love ways. Ways like Joseph Seal looking at Latarius Cook and saying, you're a leader. Live in it. You've got leadership qualities all over you. Walk in it. Follow Christ. Read his word. Stick to his people. It was over and over and over again. We were at a, like a little amusement park place just for a, a few minutes, but I was hanging out with Riley Thomas. Riley is typically quite the, she's a, she's a pretty quiet girl. Okay, one of the most talented individuals I know, but she is a, 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 a very quiet girl. We were walking together and I started talking to her actually about this outline. And so I started asking her questions and, and talking and, and she, she helped me to feel the very power of this outline, the joy that we experience in being loved by God and being loved by his people. As she talked to me about the individuals that by God's grace, she has begun to not only receive encouragement from and be spoken, you know, them speaking into her life, but now she is able to speak into theirs, her relationship with Rochelle, her relationship with Cindy, her relationship within the student ministry. And she just talked about, and you should have seen her face, just talking about the life that she now has and the excitement that she now has and the joy that she has in being part of God's people. Why? Because she's experienced the love of God through God's people. I've got several questions I want to ask you. And these are questions, if you're a life group leader, if you're a Sunday school teacher, if, if you're this, I would consider, if I was you, I, I deeply encourage you to do this, to use these questions, ask them, and just take the answers as they come. 
Ask these kind of questions to the people that God's placed in, in your life. This is helping to show that you're for them because God is. Do you know that you're deeply and eternally loved by God? If so, have you experienced this love, God's love, through his people? Is there an environment that you are experiencing God's love through God's people, that you're being encouraged from God's word through God's people? Is there a place where you know that you are needed and you are known? Is there a place where you know that you are accepted and that you are loved? Do you have that kind of environment that you are in in the church? See, I believe people all across this room that you, you have the question or you have the desire that you want to feel needed. And we have to be really careful when we talk about that because we're not a, this isn't a high maintenance uh, church here. You know, we're not high maintenance people. Well, we walk around whining because we didn't have a part to play. That, that's not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is we are members who have a part that have been given to us by God. And if we're not helping you to live in that and find that and experience that, then yeah, we may be missing out. But that is my fault and that's Keith's fault. That's us not equipping you appropriately. What you need to understand is this, is you are in Christ's body, you are needed. And theology students, listen, I know God doesn't need us. Can I just speak to your life real quick? I know we, we didn't build his temple. He doesn't live in a temple we built. He doesn't get served by human hands, but the God above, the, the God in us, the, the gospel message empowering God's people. Listen, he uses our hands to serve. He uses us. You are needed and you need to be able to say, I play a part here. I have a place here. Do you feel wanted? I want you to be able to say, yeah, I'm liked at my church. Like, is that too much to ask? Like, I'm liked. I know that I'm liked. People like me. I like them. I actually have friends at my church. There are people that go to church here. You probably don't have a friend here. If that's you, if you're here today and you don't even have a friend in the congregation, you're missing out. And we're missing out on your life. What about this question? Do you feel known? I need you to be able to say, I can be me here. I can be me here. You need to be able to be real, be honest, be transparent, have a place where people actually know you. They know how to pray for you. Everything's not unspoken. question you need to ask small group leaders listen you need to ask do you feel cared for do you feel loved here at Alberta Baptist Church because when we love one another you will now I believe the reason why many people miss out on this is because you only sit in a row so you can look there at your outline we got a little vision time and what I want you to hear is this, our desire for you at Alberta Baptist Church is that you would move from rows, that's what you're in right now, you would move from rows into circles. From rows into circles. There is so much good that happens in this room. 
This is one of my favorite places to be in all of the world, right here where I'm standing. I love to preach God's word. I love to teach. I love just to be here and do what is happening right now. I also love to sit right where Keith is sitting right now and be taught and be led and be shepherded. I, I enjoy that. Keith is my pastor and he says I am his somehow. I, you know, it's amazing. Like we shepherd each other. I know what it's like to be where you are. And I love that. I love to come into the room. I love to be taught. I love to be guided. I love to worship the Lord corporately together. It's a wonderful time. But the product that most of the time comes from this room and the product that we should hope for and pray for is conviction. And I don't just mean conviction of sin. I mean like holy conviction, like conviction to do, conviction to be, conviction to move. I mean, to be actively following Christ by faith. I mean, like a, conviction is a good thing. The product of this room, conviction. But I want to lead you to another environment. And it's to be out of a row and into a circle. A circle. This is our primary place for community groups, the Sunday school and life groups. That's our primary place. Our youth ministry and our children's ministry certainly have areas, our senior adults with golden hearts. All of those ministries also have small group opportunity with them or tables involved with them. But I need you to know that for you to grow the most in terms of joy and to experience the goodness of God, it's gonna be when you not only are experiencing God's word through the preaching, but you're experiencing God's word through his people. Okay, so we want to move you from rows into circles. If you're not connected into a small group here at the church, this is a tangible way for us to do that. We want you connected into a small group. If you're in a small group and you feel like it's not the place for you, then man, try another small group. I mean, like it, it's okay. We want you to be living in community, out of rows into circles. But not just that, we want you from circles into community. So you can get in a circle. A lot of you are like, man, I've, I've been to Sunday school, man. I've been to a small group. I've been there, but it, it wasn't like what you're talking about. Okay. I have too. All right. So I've been in a small group that was a flop before. I've led small groups that were a flop before, but that's not God's fault. And that had not remove God's heart from your life. He wants you with God's people. The difference, what makes a small group wonderful is when people serve and love one another. There's nothing hip about it. There's nothing cool about it. There, there's not, not the name. If we change the name to cell groups, community groups, whatever group, I don't know what we could call. It doesn't matter. It's not hip or cool. What it is is sacrificially loving one another changes everything about your small group. You gotta be in a place where you're experiencing God's love through God's people. You see a blank there. We'll hit that in just a minute. So kind of hold your place. We got one more vision uh, point, but I, I wanted you to see, I want you to go from rows into circles, from circles to community. I told you the main product of this room, I believe is conviction. Certainly worship and the glory of God, but yes, conviction in your heart. The, the product of small groups, repentance and confession. Repentance and confession. It's the best place to apply truth. You know, what is the commandment? To love one another. So you got to be with one another to love. Okay? Get in a place 
where you can live out God's commands in your life. Not only, you know, what, what, does, what happens when as a church we're set apart by the way we love one another? Well, first we saw we, we will experience joy. Secondly, God will get the glory. God will get the glory. I, I love this point. I, I want to read for you a scripture. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. And that's primarily in the way we love one another. So that they may see your good works and give glory to who? You for being so awesome? No. Now give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I want you to, as we talk about God getting the glory from the way that we as a church love one another, I want to remind you of several things. The first is this. You got to remember that love wasn't our idea. Like You didn't come up with it. I, I, I had so much fun yesterday at Jacob and Hannah's wedding. Man, I love those guys. What a great story they have and just wonderful individuals. Great couple, uh, Jacob and Hannah Reed now. They're off on, their, off on their honeymoon. But even yesterday, I was reminded, officiating their wedding, that the love that they have for one another, which is awesome, they, God gave them that love. That love can be traced back to the Lord, not to them. It's traced back to God. I mean, we love, why? Because God first loved us. God is love and he created us in his image. Like any love that you see, any love that is experienced, it can be traced back to God. The way that Christians, those who have been made new in Christ, the way that his love is seen in us is that we love one another as we have been loved by Christ Jesus, our Lord. But remember, love wasn't our idea. Uh, secondly, we see this. We can't take credit for the fruit that only God can give. Like, like when we as a church love one another, like you can't take credit for what happens. Like, like you can't take credit for the joy that you have. I, I can prove this to you. I would, I'll ask this. Don't raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. Okay. How many of you, I wonder, have ever been Depressed. Probably across this room, you got people that would raise their hand, that you've struggled with depression. Uh, listen, when you're depressed, I want you to attempt to say, oh, I know what I need to do. I'm gonna go stand in front of the mirror and tell myself, have joy. Oh, I know, uh, self, have peace. Peace like a river. You tried that before? Oh man, come on now. Look, you know the joy and the peace and the comfort, the love that we're talking about. This isn't from, it doesn't start with us. It came from God. It now flows through us. We can take credit for none of the fruit that comes from the love of God. Connected to that thought though, I wanna say this. There's not a place in scripture that we see Christ where there's not evidence of fruit. And so in this church, if we're known for things other than love, if we're a church that we don't seem to be experiencing that kind of love, if we don't see the fruits of God's spirit being in us, and we're not believing. We're not believing. 
As a church, let's be known by the way that we love one another. As we do, we'll have joy and God will get the glory. Thirdly, let's praise him for the gift that is his people. Let's praise him for the gift of his people. Listen, I just want you to know, I've already, I've talked about the, the trip, but I, I could give so many examples, so many examples. From last week, I could give examples. From the week before that here at the church, I could give you examples from what it's like being on our staff. I could give you examples for what it's like being in our small group, for what it's like. I mean, I could just give you example after example. But listen, I'm so thankful for God's people. And that love and that thanksgiving has been spurred on because I'm a member at Alberta Baptist Church. You know that? This is a place where love happens. My family is deeply loved here at this church. And that love causes me to give praise to my God. We're a city on a hill. That when we love one another, that, that we can't be hidden. We can't be hidden. When we love one another, we will experience joy. We will uh, see God receive the glory. And lastly, the world will receive hope. The world will receive hope. This is something we don't talk about enough. We, we think, and I think this is, don't be offended when I say this. I think this is kind of a Southern Baptist thing. Uh, I didn't grow up in the Southern Baptist church. I was not a Christian until I was, you know, in college. And then my whole adult life, I have been connected uh, here, really, uh, at Alberta. I've been here for almost 10 years. And so really my whole adult life, I've only gone to two churches and only served at one. And, and listen, we, when we think of missions, we always think of trips or we think of missionaries and we think of far off places. And though all of those things are like missions is certainly not less than those things, but it's a whole lot more. And I just want to encourage you today that the, the, really the primary way that God desires us to live on mission for him is to love one another. To love one another. People are mind blown when they see people love each other that don't have to. Like, yes, I I love my wife. I do. I love her so much. And guess what? When I love my wife, people see, even my marriage, is a picture of Christ's love for his church. So like our love does this, okay? But now I want you to think of his church. It's not people that were attracted to each other, that love each other, that think each other are the best, they've been best friends since they were like four. Okay, like it's not like that. I'm talking about in this church, people that didn't grow up together, that don't, don't know each other, that don't have anything in common other than Christ. And he died in our place and he rose to give us life. Our common ground is we were dead. Now we're alive together. Our common ground is we've been called to the same mission, the command, love one another. The mission to make disciples in all of the world. I mean, we're connected in that way. And when people see that, it will change them. 
it will change them to some degree. The reason why is embedded in every human heart. It is a desire to be known. It is a desire uh, to worship and a desire to matter. I said those in the wrong order, but everybody's heart born with a desire to worship, to be known and to matter. That's why everybody has a God. It just may not be the one true God. Everybody finds community in some way or they certainly look for it. And everybody lives on a mission. It just may not be the one we're called to. And so I want you to see what the world outside the church and really what we also within here, what we see as Alberta Baptist Church, the people of the church, as we love each other. I want you to see, lastly. People will be able to look at our lives and they'll, see, they'll, they'll find hope. And let me give you the hope. Hope that I don't have to be perfect to be loved by God. Do you know that? Like we need to realize that and people in our lives need to know that your family, your friends, your coworkers, you do not have to be perfect to be loved by God. How do I know? Look at me. How do I know? Look at you. Like you don't have to be perfect. You can't be to be loved by God. That means this, and yeah, you'll hear vision and our vision statement all in this, but I can know God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's what we want the world to know, our, our community. So if you go back to that blank there in uh, under the joy we experience, we wanna go from rows to circles, from circles to community, from community to the community. It's a new one we're adding in. From community to the community. We want people to see our love that we have for one another. No, I don't have to be perfect to have God love me. And for them to say, I too can know God through faith in Christ Jesus. Secondly, we want people to have the hope that I don't have to have it all together to be loved by God's people. Because I think there's people in the room that you say, well, yeah, God loves me, but I can't fit in here. God loves me, but if you really know what I was like, you wouldn't want to be around me. That is not gospel community. You will not have the joy that God intends you to have if that's the way that you think. We want the world to see us love one another to the extent that they're able to say, I don't have to have it all together to be a part of that church. I can find community in Christ's church. That's what we want people to be able to say. I too can find community. The community I've always desired but I've searched for it everywhere else. I can find it at Alberta Baptist Church. Lastly, hope that my life matters to God and can be used to make a difference in this world. We want people to see us love one another, to see it in such a way that they have hope born in their hearts. God drawing them to himself as they say, my life matters to the Lord. It can be used. I can be used by his power to make a difference in this world. We want people to say, I can live on mission with Christ. That's the fruits of loving one another. If you will stand with me as we respond to the teaching of God's word.